0: hello everyone and welcome to the secret birds hq podcast and this is podcast episode 24 and today we are joined by miss sean coffee young who is the founder of seal environmental services limited based in trinidad and tobago so we are so grateful to be talking with sean today in trinidad hi sean Hi, Joanne. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks very much. Great. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time this morning. So, uh, well, it's morning.
1: Yes, it's, it's early. It's an early Thursday
0: morning here. <laughs> I know. And it's, uh, it's uh, getting into the late Thursday evening here in China. <laughs> Amazing <laughs> all this technology, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. <laughs> So, Sean, well, Mrs. Sean Coffey Young has been involved in the environmental field for over 12 years. That's a long time, Sean. And she is yeah. um, the founder of her business. And, Sean, tell us a little bit about you and your background and, and who you are.
1: Oh, sure. Okay. So, um, just a slight correction yes. um, the company is called Sayel.
0: Oh, Sayel. Um, Did I say Seal? Okay you did my apologies please accept my apologies <laughs> <laughs> that's no problem you know no I was problem, thinking about well. that so, if it's psy or Seal okay so it's psy okay listeners that's yeah I-E-L I just can't I, I just E-L. can't speak properly that's all psy Okay, here
1: we go. Yes, it normally happens with my first name anyway, so I am used to it because people normally call me Sian or Sian because it's spelled with an I, but it's Welsh. So Yes, it's it's, like I was going way. to
0: say this is the Welsh version, S I N. but yes. before you start telling us about yourself, very quickly, what is the background behind Sian? Is that a play on words or... It is a combination combination of a few things.
1: Um, When I was looking for a name, um, my husband and I were kind of talking about it back and forth. And when I was also conceptualizing my logo at the same time. Right. So um, in doing that process, I wanted something that represents um, air, water, land, and life all in one right so my logo um, actually is many things it's a leaf Mm -hmm. uh, which would represent the land but it's also a turtle Mm -hmm. Um, and the turtle is emerging from water so the bottom parts have the the bottom feet of the turtle is wet because Mm -hmm. it's coming out of the water Mm -hmm. um, and turtles can go on both land and in water and then right. we have a, a leaf because leaves blow very freely in the wind. Mm. So, is a combination of my first name and my husband's middle name, but it's also a play on the French word Ciel, which means sky. So, it's a, mm. you know, it's a, it's a nice <laughs> combination. <laughs> very of, clever, that.
0: <laughs> that is clever. I like that. Yeah. You know, I just something just said this is a play on words somehow. Something is going on here because you are Sean and you've got style and I'm thinking I wonder if it's a combination of maybe letters of your name and someone else's name, but that's a lot going on. That's really cool though. Yeah. And then the French, okay for Sky. So it's yeah. very much green embedded through through and through in your business. Throughout. Throughout. Very much so. Very much so. So I, I much took a that. bit of
1: me, a bit of me is in the name.
0: That is very cool. um.
1: Yeah. So that's how, that's how it came to be. Um, I started out because I used to work um, in the waste and mining sectors. I spent a lot of my working um, career there. And um, I, I used to be a teacher as well, too. Okay. I taught science.
0: Yes. Please start telling us, you know, and, about uh, who you are and just your entire your yeah. journey to where you are now.
1: Yeah. So... Um, after doing that for a number of years, um, and I'm also a mom, um, of three, um, 13, four and two, but my 13 year old is my bonus son, as I call him. (laughs) Um, because when I got married to his dad, it was a, it was a package deal. So he's my bonus child. You know, he's Mm -hmm. my extra blessing. Um, so with, um, when I just finished, I also was pregnant with my last son. And being in the field as well, too, as I said, I used to teach. So I love teaching. Um, and, but I also love the environment. And um, I realized that one of my former bosses is also my mentor. And he, he saw it as well. He saw that, okay, this is Shan's niche. This is what she loves to do. Mm. But I realized that we were doing a lot of the same when it comes to giving people information in the environmental world. You know, we just give them the information and then expect that they have the information, you know, so they're going to act differently. They're going to do things differently. Um, But that has been shown through even research not to be true. You can't just give people information and expect them to change. And then I also participated in this fantastic training workshop with the University of Tennessee on behavior change. And they were using a tool called community-based social marketing, which is what we got our training in. And it was absolutely fantastic. Um, so then a light bulb went off and I was like, okay, combine this tool with the education, you get this perfect package. So after I realized that a lot of the same has been happening in and around me, I decided, you know what? I am okay with being the voice in the wilderness. I um, Somebody needs to say that that's the way that you're going about it is not the best way somebody needs to say it because it's not being said and we have companies doing the same things over and over tell people sometimes we're truly an insane bunch of people because we're doing the same things over and over and expecting a different result so i decided you know what I am going. To, I want to be that that voice. I want to be the change. I want to be the difference. So that's how Syl came into being. And also, I just had the baby, so I took some time to to, you know, be a mom, a new mommy again. <laughs> I spent time with the baby, mm-hmm. but in in that in that process, I was also um, planning what was going to happen with um, Syl as well. So my academic background, just a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I do come from a, a natural science background as well. My um, bachelor's is a double major in physics. And um, my master's is in environmental engineering. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also very proud Fulbright Fellow from Cornell University. That was like Yay. one of the best in my mm-hmm. um, um, where I got to not only have an academic experience, but a professional one as well. So I got to meet um, some truly great people um, Mm -hmm. who I'm still in touch with today. Um, And uh, while I did my affiliation, because at that time I was working at a quarry. So a lot of my work centered around how to make the process of quarrying sustainable. If,
0: if you could believe that or not, um, (laughs) Is that even possible? I mean, a quarry, yeah. how do you so, make a quarry sustainable? You're, you're, yeah. blowing, you're, blowing, you're putting dynamite in, in the mountain. You're blowing up the rocks. Right. So, how so, is that so the, sustainable? Um, mm. Exactly. So it's, I
1: tell people it's often an oxymoron, right? Quarrying and, and sustainability because quarrying in of itself depletes a natural resource. Um, yeah. And in a harsh way in most cases,
0: It's similar to
1: um, fracking, like fracking almost. Yes. So for hard rock,
0: Mm. like
1: limestone, that's when they tend to use explosives. Mm. But for softer aggregates like sands and gravels, that's simply an excavation process, right? Mm. Uh, So what uh, my role was when I was at the quarry was to rehabilitate, right? Either post-mining or concurrent with mining so normally there will be parts of the site that are still active but mm-hmm. there are parts that they would um they would have finished extracting aggregate from it was my job to rehabilitate so what because what normally happens is that quarrying they take all of they take all the sands they take all the gravels they blow up the stone and then they just leave this big scar they just leave this big hole on the ground um so that is where you know, the sustainability part comes in because you can rehabilitate and now repurpose that same space for something else, something else that the community can enjoy, a park, uh, uh, a water recreational facility because there are a lot of, of natural ponds that come out with with pouring because sometimes you, you hit the groundwater coming up. So, you know, there are a lot of ways that you can do it. I often to, um, would tell my colleagues, um, I cannot save every tree. I realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, but all I'm asking is that when you are quarrying, do it in such a manner that when it's time to rehabilitate the site, it's not a difficult process to do because you would have had, you would have been mining in phases. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, okay, I'm going this portion, I'm going this step, this portion, I'm going this step. Use the technology to your advantage. See where the reserves are. Don't just go digging holes and hoping on, and, and praying that you're going to find something there. Because a lot of the time, um, that is what happens. A lot of that happens in Trinidad
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and Tobago as well, where people just, you know, dig holes in the ground and, and hope that they're gonna find it. But there's so <laughs> much technology that is available. <laughs>
0: right. Um,
1: you know, like geophysical service where you can send um, you know, sound into the ground and it would um, you know, kind of ricochet off the materials that are there. So then you could say, okay from this step to this step is sand, from this step to this step is gravel, from this step to this step is silt and so on. And then when you hit water and so on. So it is, you know, it's something that can happen. Um But it just takes, it takes some understanding. It sure. takes some creativity.
0: Sure.
1: Um, You know, it, it takes thinking out of the box to really um, come up with some serious solutions for solving that particular problem. But, you know, my... My love is, is, is education. My love is interacting with children. Mm. Um, so that's why I decided to stay, as I tell people, on the softer side of environmental issues, because there's the technical side where you do reports and you know testing and monitoring and all of that. Sure. But you know, um, we still have a, a especially in, in Trinidad, more so than Tobago, because you know we're a two island um, country. Twin
0: Island in
1: Republic. Trinidad, mm. That's right. So um more so in Trinidad because because tourism Tobago's economy is based heavily on tourism, you mm. find that there's more of an appreciation for what they have than in Trinidad. So you Trinidad would find
0: the oil, right?
1: Oil and India. Yes. Industry. Our economy is based, yeah, or GDP is based on oil and gas. Yes. Right. Mm. You know, so you would find that because we're driven by, by, by oil and gas, you know, the environment tends to be on the back burner. sure. Um, sure. you know, so one of the, because one of the things is that I realized being in being in the Caribbean as well is a lot of us have similar issues and, uh, you That's know, it. I just wrote a blog called it's not easy being green and it really isn't. You would think, um, that be in the, in the Caribbean we be surrounded with all of this lovely solar and sun and water and these.
0: We have beach. got every natural resource in abundance. Yet, yep, we pay yeah, and people, people always their jaw drops to the ground when I say this, we at one point, I don't know if we still are, but at one point we're paying the highest energy tariffs in the world <laughs> okay, so our energy bills and just taxes generally were the highest in the world, which to me is just unbelievable when we've got wind and sun and everything in abundance it's just. It's 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 crazy. It's crazy, crazy. for so, lack of a better term. Those, there's a exactly. lot of energy poverty in the Caribbean, and I think a lot of people don't realize that because they do. It's not something that they can see, but there's so mm-hmm. much energy poverty in the Caribbean. So much.
1: Yes, because one of the things, because so let me give let me compare two countries. So let's I'm going to compare Trinidad and Barbados. Right. Mm. Barbados has to import their diesel and so on. They're not like Trinidad where it's manufactured here. So basically for us, um, diesel oil gas is heavily subsidized by the government. Right. Mm -hmm. So because we get a heavy subsidy, um, in the manufacture of electricity, it is cheaper, right. Um, cheaper than it would be for Barbados, because Asians pay a lot more money than we do for electricity. Um, so with that now, they have these, so their government decided, oh my gosh, we are importing all of this. We need to look at other energy sources. So that's where they um that's why they started getting, and they're heavily into solar energy. Mm-hmm. A lot of houses have solar panels on it, and they've worked out, you know, how if you're off the grid, how does that work for you in terms of your pockets and your bill at the end of the day? Whereas in Trinidad, we haven't quite figured that out yet because as I said, the, the oil and gas and the diesel is heavily subsidized. So it's it's almost practically free. So the electricity costs are quite low um, compared to the rest. Mm. And um, so that's why it's taking us longer to jump on the, the sustainable energy um, wagon because our energy costs are low compared to other sister and brother countries in the Caribbean, right? So, mm. you know, it's, it's a lot that we need to look at, but it's, it's, of course, it is, of course, a necessity. We have to start looking at renewable sources of energy. Oil and gas are not infinite sources. They are finite, right? Mm. So we need to look at our renewable sources because they are non-renewable. Um, and to really find a marriage between the, the, the renewables and the non-renewables. Yeah. So until we yeah, we, we get to that point and until our, our governments get to that point, um, we still have a long way to go. Um, you know, as, and as I was saying, you know, being in this field, it's a wonderful field, but you're faced with so many challenges. You're faced with, you know, Um, If they, if, if environment is not a priority, no matter what you say, no matter how you say it, it's just going to fall on deaf ears. You just have to keep going, find it within yourself to know that and understand what is your purpose and what you want to accomplish. So no matter what is being said, you're going to figure it out. You know, and you're
0: going to. If I may interject, Sean, because I just, I just want our listeners to understand the magnitude of this thing. Mm -hmm. Some facts here. Okay. There Mm -hmm. are. The Caribbean, for a very long time, was ranked globally number two for having the highest energy costs in the world. And that was listed on, I think it was the World Bank or IMF website at one stage. The Caribbean, um, in particular, there are eight countries in the Caribbean whose energy costs are higher than that of the United States of America, Sean. The United States. Now, think about that for a second. Tiny little islands in the Caribbean are paying higher energy costs than massive, our massive neighbor to the north. These are Dominica, Aruba, the USVI, the Bahamas, Sint-Martin, which is the, the, the Dutch side of, of, the, of Dutch, the island, Turks and Caicos, yeah. Curaçao, and St. Kitts and Nevis. Okay? People yeah. are paying higher, higher energy costs in these tiny little islands than Americans are in, in, in the, the, this massive country to the north. That's just to show you a little bit uh, the magnitude of this problem. It's a big problem.
1: It's it big is. Problem. It is a huge, huge issue. I mean, huge is, is maybe I'll, I'll say magnanimous.
0: <laughs> it is, it is. And what <laughs> no, I think it, is a shame is yeah, that people don't, people, the leader, the leadership isn't discussing it enough. You know, Mm it's not, it's not on the agenda. I, you know, I see Richard Branson talking about it all the time, (laughs) but (laughs) what about our own leaders? Why aren't they talking about it? You know, exactly. Exactly. It it is, it is, I mean,
1: it's discussed, but whether there's action coming out after the discussion that is left to be seen and heard. So we just had a, We just had an an energy conference here, uh, an HSSE, Health, Safety, Security, and Environment Conference. And renewables is is always one of the discussion topics, but as I said, it's discussed, whether there's action that comes out at the end of it, that is left to be seen and heard. So, um, you know, it is, and it is, uh, uh, as you rightfully said, and that is so true, it is a huge issue because how could, when you think about that, it's just like, how is that even possible? How is St. Kitts, which is a small country,
0: St. Kitts, I believe, is even smaller than Tobago, it's paying tiny. more my for family, energy? My family's from St. Kitts, and this is tiny. Right? <laughs> okay? More <for> energy <laughs> than the energy. United States. How is that even... L- possible
1: is like my brain can't even understand and begin to, to rationalize or, or find logic in that it just does not make sense and this is, is region, a, for a lot of us here in the Caribbean that is the reality
0: and this is in a region of the world where we have got solar potential wind potential geothermal biomass I mean water everything you can think of at our disposal yet we pay the highest um, energy tariffs in in the world, and I think this this affects everyday people in in such a harsh way. It really does. There are people out there who who have to choose between buying food and paying their light bill. It's really difficult for a lot of people.
1: That is very true.
0: So um, um, I really, really want to highlight this because I I just I just I don't think there are a lot of people. I think most people think of the Caribbean as this beautiful tourist destination, but We have a lot of problems, you know, we have a lot of problems. And this, I think is, I think this, if, if, if someone said to, to, to me, Joanne, um, what is one of the, the the biggest problems facing our region now today, I would say this is it. This is it, especially now with all of these hurricanes, for example, when the hurricanes come like they do, and then the the island is out of electricity for six, seven months, it makes it even worse.
1: Exactly. And they, the Prime Minister of Antigua um, made a when he was given giving his um, presentation to the UN the Assembly mm-hmm. um, post Urma
0: Right. You
1: know he made a he made a very because you know Barbuda was absolutely devastated. Barbuda was years. Barbuda was,
0: tre- yes. was completely it's, devastated.
1: It's completely uninhabitable. Nobody's living on that island in it, over
0: three hundred years. It was heart-wrenching. So, It was heart-wrenching. to Yeah, so one of the
1: things that he said is that um, the Caribbean as well, when you add up our contribution to greenhouse gases, we are 0.1%, right? Um, Yet, we are affected the most um, by uh, hurricanes and so on because... You know, that it causes increased temperatures and so on, all these signs. And the warming, the, created... the warming of the water, which creates the... waters. And exactly. the Caribbean Sea is very... It's like us, we're very warm. So the Caribbean Sea is very warm. Yeah. You know, so it, 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 it's devastating to us here, even though as a whole, we have the smallest contribution. You're yeah. so
0: affected the most is, by other people's choices.
1: <laughs> exactly. And that is how things, and that leads me into, that is how things in the environment works. What you do affects someone else. That's you so, may not that's so good. So that good. you do, yeah. you may not realize it, but everything that you do affects someone else. If I throw a bottle in the drain and I keep doing that every day, that is going to, when the rains come, that is going to just make our flooding situations worse. And then my neighbor's yard is going to flood out because I decided that I was going to throw a bottle in the drain. So everything is full circle. I tell people my, one of my favorite cartoons is The Lion King because mm-hmm. it talks about the circle of life. And that is how it is. Everything is connected. We often think that we are not connected, but we are.
0: Uh, and that's that's the thing with the environment the environment it is all connected everything is connected and what you do here affects somebody else in 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 a very remote uh, uh place in the world and a lot of people don't understand that they just think oh well this is what i'm doing here now but it has a it has a trickle down effect it really does and that's such a good point that you made it's so important to understand that but you know sean what i want to ask you is what role do you think education plays in this because education is big do you think enough caribbean people understand the magnitude of the problem or know the problem do you think there needs to be more campaigning around these general environmental issues i i definitely think so um oftentimes
1: every um i do i read a lot as well too Mm -hmm. um and then when, you know, I read other people's blogs, I, you know, I read about, you know, different conference material and the same things, the same underlying thing comes out all the time. And that's why I started, you know, as I was saying in the beginning, that's why I started, Sihel. Everybody says, and it all boils back down to education. Hmm. People need to know what, how, what they do affects the environment. They need to understand it. You need to internalize it. So for me, it is what I call about creating an environmentally literate people. Mm -hmm. People who are not only aware, but they use that information to make informed decisions so that they can now act positively towards Mm -hmm. the environment. That is based, that's that's the layman's definition of what being environmentally literate is. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm So education definitely is needed to create an environmentally literate society and environmentally literate people. Mm. Um, my personal opinion, especially mm-hmm. in Trinidad and Tobago, um, from a general sense, so I'm not saying that um, they are not those who, who are, um, but generally we're an environmentally illiterate society. There's a lot that needs to be done because we still have people tossing things out of their car windows. We still have people just dropping bottles and food items on the ground. We still have that, even with everything that is happening. Littering so on the beach. We st- yes, littering of the beach. I mean, animals are getting, um, ingesting plastic and so on. I mean, the stories are horrific and mm. it still is happening. So especially, as I said, especially in Trinidad, more so than Tobago, is that there is a, a, a huge disconnect between what people think they do mm-hmm. and how it affects the environment. So the role of education is to close that gap as much as possible and mm-hmm. to create an environmentally literate society.
0: And, the, and, and I, think, I think what you said is so important. The education has got to be, it's not about dumbing it down or diluting it, but people have to realize really understand how it affects them on a daily basis because i think there are a lot of people generally not just in the caribbean who see environmental issues as sort of middle upper class people just screaming about animals and and the sun and you know i think there're quite a few people that think that way you know it's just this is mm-hmm. a very elitist kind of thing you know they probably tie themselves to trees and you know a lot of people yeah think that that's not honestly they have this view yeah, that's true and if you are somebody making living from day to day that's probably what you're thinking so the education has got to be real on the ground so people can understand that if the if you're environmentally conscious it could improve your lifestyle significantly you know right. I, mean, I think that's i think that's the, one of the big problems with the environmental movement it's kind of been hijacked by certain types of people who portray these issues in a certain way. And it, it's mm. completely disconnected and isolated a lot of different types of people. And I think sometimes people just go, oh, okay, so these are these tree-hugging people. And, oh, they're probably those people that go hijack the Greenpeace ships. And, you know, and I think that's a big, that's a big problem with this whole environmental movement. It's just changing the image as well that's so important in the education yes. aspect of it.
1: And 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 you're very right, because a lot of people, you know, as you as you rightfully said, a lot of people think, okay, this is an elitist kind of thing. They um, do. They do. How do you hug trees? I mean, so because I mean my I don't lie. Have, I I do hug trees, but you know, whatever. You know, I hug trees <laughs> because I love them. Exactly. I have a natural I have a natural <laughs> connection and that's and that is one of the ways that I describe myself. I said, um, I normally say nature is not just about what I do, it's about who I am. It is a part of me. It's an extension of myself. So it, I understand. And that's because, you know, my parents exposed me to a lot of things as a child growing up. I hated seeing the turn. I used to carry out if I, if my dad would take us on hikes, my brother and I, you know, I would take out other people's garbage at eight years old, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is it is a part of me is a part of of i said that you know you know i think i have a tree living inside of me or something because you know that is just that's just my natural
0: sure you know my
1: Yeah, my natural inclination.
0: For those those who don't have that natural inclination or for those who weren't exposed to the environment growing up, you really have to bring it down on a level that they can relate to. and That they can understand. People don't want to hear lofty ideals and, oh, we're going to save the world. They want to hear, listen, what does this have to do with me in my day-to-day life? Exactly. Exactly. And
1: that is what, and that is what I'm trying to do. So yes, you would find that those talk about, you know, the, the surface stuff, the big picture, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, okay, um, how does that affect John in his house? Mm. Because he can't connect to that huge picture that you're showing. How does that affect him? Mm -hmm. So that is why I decided that I am going to, I'm going to take that approach. We have enough people showing the big picture. I don't need to be the big, one of the big picture people that's fine yeah. that's okay yeah. right I, I acknowledge it. I know it's there, and I accept it. I want to be able to show my neighbor next door mm-hmm. if you if you can, if you recycle your plastic bottles these are, this is how much you're going to And show her how much she's going to recycle over time and and what that will do in terms of the environment and all of that. That is what I want to do I, I'm not Yes, I and, and, I'm, and I'm not saying the big picture is wrong. It isn't. But in order for people to connect, they need to know how it affects them personally. They need to understand what it would take for them to start making differences. Sure. So um, that is one of the... So I just embarked on uh, Green Your Business and Green Your Home initiative, um, where I'm going to be teaching people right in their homes or writing their businesses how they can incorporate green practices to, um, in as part of their effort to not only protect the environment but to save themselves money
0: over time. Oh, that's brilliant! And so, that's through Sayel, your business, yes, okay. yes, and that's like through you, Sahel. Just, just to clarify, your business is about education and, and building environmental leaders. I know you want to work with young people, so people understand that you're not doing the technical stuff, like you said, you're doing the yes. educational stuff. But prior to this in your career, you did do a lot of technical stuff, obviously.
1: I did. I did the technical stuff for a long time. <laughs> I really did. I um, you
0: believe you can have more impact doing educational, the educational
1: I do. I stuff. do. And I think there are enough people doing the technical stuff anyway. I, they don't need to add, I, don't, I didn't need to be added to the list. If I'm being very honest with the listeners and honest with you and even honest with myself, I just, when I, I was sitting and thinking, okay, okay, Shan, because I talk to myself, <laughs>
0: mm, what do you want to do? What, mm.
1: what, what impact do you want to have? Who do you want to work with? Mm. And no matter how many times I sat and I wrote and I rewrote, it always boiled back down to children, people at home, um businesses that kind of thing not the technical stuff um so and and as i said because i i believe there are enough technical people doing it um yeah. there are people who have been around you know a lot longer not to say that i can't break into the market as well but i just think that there are lots of technical people i applaud them i follow them i pay attention to what they're doing cuz all of that is part in educating people so when that when the technical stuff is done i take that break it down so um, anybody could understand what is now happening. Because a lot of times, you know, they talk in the big terms and they use the environmental jargon. Not everybody gets that, you know. So you have to be able to take that information now and, and bring it down to a point where people can understand. Because a lot of the time, mm-hmm. things pass over
0: people's heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I mean it's too elitist, people aren't, the average, the average person is just not going to engage with, with it. No, not yeah,
1: and, and one of the things, Joe, that I found too is that we are a very
0: cosmopolitan society here. We have people of many varied ethnicities. Oh, yes, yeah. Trinidad background. is one of the most diverse countries, not just in the Caribbean, but in the world. Yeah, so, I mean, Trinidad have, have come together and created this. Many, many. We have had so binary. many influences, you know,
1: so mm-hmm. many influences, and we're a beautiful bunch of people. Oh, okay. Um, yes, yes. so you find, or well, one of the things that i found, um, uh, this is just a, a little joke as well too. I was like, so, um, people of, you know, so black people don't like nature. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, mm. um, because one of the, one of the hashtags that I use on my Instagram is black girl loves nature. Why? Because oftentimes, and so let me tell you where that came from. Oftentimes mm-hmm. when I'm looking for photos, Mm-hmm. of people in keeping with nature it's not people who look like me
0: you know you that's know, a so very interesting thing you said because there's mm-hmm. so many women particularly women of color around the world not mm-hmm. the black women mm-hmm. asian latino women what have you who are so involved now with the environmental movement because like he said they feel as though they're not being represented in this big movement and they're connecting exactly. everything they're and it's so deep they're correct, connecting it to feminism and to veganism and food and identity and health and society and race and really some in-depth stuff you know i mean politics and and really taking the environmental movement to a next level and and really kind of redefining it in a way that works for them and i think that's so important because we're all connected to nature. As, as Caribbean people are connected to nature. I mean, everything we, we everything we do. Growing up, you know, many of us we didn't go to the grocery store to buy food. We simply went in our backyards <laughs> and we picked in yes. beds. Exactly. And
1: that's what we and, did. And you know, and if I'm being honest, I think that's where we need to get back to because things have gotten so commercial. That, you know, I think we've lost, we we are beginning to lose that sense of, of growing our own food because as you rightfully said, you know, we would, you know, mommy would say, okay, go in the back and pick some peppers, go in the back and, um, and, and, and get some, some lettuce for me because I mean, you're growing, you're growing what you're eating, you know? So we, and what there's, there's a movement now to get us back to that because our grandparents, that's, that's how they grew up.
0: All over they the Caribbean, up, definitely.
1: They, yeah, all over the Caribbean. They grew
0: up on growing their own food. Yeah, and that's what, healthy and that's what, what we call sustainable farming now, but it's always been happening. Exactly.
1: But it's always been there, you know, and, um, you yeah. know, they're the strongest bunch of people. I know my husband's granny, who I've adopted as my own granny, she'll be 89 next week. And, um, you know, she's as strong as an ox. So, because she, she just ate well growing up and that kind of thing. So, I'm trying to. Um, I want to also start having in my head, <laughs> so I have to get it out of my head to to start a community gardening project, just so my community here where I live right now, um, you know, just grow food and share it with the neighbors kind of thing. Um, yeah. just get back to that, that whole, you know, looking out for each other, that love, that connection with people, um, yeah. you know, so I'm, I'm looking at doing that right now. I'm trying to just organize the stuff that I need to get um, mm. but definitely that's something that I want to do I think that is just you know that process is just going to bring me so much joy as well too you know just just go and get big um, you know just go and give my neighbors free produce it's fine I mean I'm not asking mm. you for money not asking you for any contributions that's fine it's just you know part of you know giving a part of me to you right. Um. so that is something that I want to I want to do as well but you know one of the things that I want to um, reiterate again Joe, is that you know being in the field is is not an easy one. It's not for the faint of heart because you're going to meet challenges. You're going to meet people that just are not too concerned about environmental issues. You're going to meet people who mm-hmm. really don't want to give you the time of day to hear what you have to say.
0: Mm-hmm. But you have
1: to be consistent. You have to understand what your purpose is, and you have to just keep going. You know. Um, Because you're seeing, you are seeing down the road. They are seeing right in front of them. So you have to understand and appreciate that that is what is going on, and say, okay, you know what, my goal is down there. I am going to do whatever it takes to get down that way. You know. So, um, but I am, I am definitely excited to be where I am. The company is two years old. Mm-hmm. Um and we may be making some transitions soon. So I'm actually re-strategizing and stuff a lot these days. Sure. Um we may be making some changes, but um, you know, I I don't think because when I, you know, I'm also a very um spiritual person as well. And mm-hmm. you know, when I I talk to God and and when I, t- I ask, you know, I say, Are you sure? I talk to him like if he was sitting next to me. I was like, Are you sure this is what I'm supposed to do? And you sure mm-hmm. this is my are you sure?
0: <laughs> mm. Mm. No,
1: But um, you know, I can't see myself doing anything else. But Other than we, probably sing and dancing, because I love to sing and
0: dance, but <laughs> <laughs> you could do all of it, Sean. You know what I was going to say to you? You are a part of a of a growing group of women who are um really involved and really taking this environmental and eco and sustainable business to the absolute next level um Mm -hmm. not just in the caribbean but around the world the amount of eco fashion businesses and and vegan businesses and agro businesses and all of these sustainable businesses being created by women around the world it is mind blowing. It's 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 amazing as well. And you're part of that that movement of women creating all these eco-friendly businesses. And I think I think that's so, so interesting that women are realizing, okay, Mother Nature, Earth, we are a part of this and we have to really make this happen for ourselves. And we have to be at the leaders of this whole environmental movement. So I just think that's that's really, really interesting. And it's happening all over the world, whether it's in the Middle East or in, in, in Africa or in Asia, Latin America, women all over the world are just creating environmental businesses in, in, in everything from fashion to food. A lot of women, after they have children, they realize, oh my God, I don't want to give my child this food. I don't want my child to wear this kind of clothes. And they create their own eco-friendly line of this and that and the other. And I think it's just... It's just really, it's really something nice to see. As a female who's involved in in entrepreneurship and works a lot with women, and it's just really just engrossed in, in this whole thing, I think it's it's really, really brilliant what's happening. And I think we're going to see more and more and more and more of it. And I'm not surprised that it's women that that's leading this, because I think the environment affects us more. I mean, even when you talk about societies in certain parts of the world, farming and so on, it's, it's the women out in the fields doing that. Yep. Yeah. You're right. We we are at the forefront of everything environmental and we have to be because it affects us so much more than than it does men. And that's just 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 frankly speaking. So you're a part of that, Sean. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it great? You know, and it's just nice. I, you know, I've met women building sustainable businesses in construction and in solar energy and in this and in that and just so many interesting things and I just think wow this is so cool because <laughs> it is
1: it, is. It, it is. is it is I mean and I've had the opportunity to meet some of them um I I haven't I did a I did a diploma in environmental management in Israel. That's like the furthest place I've
0: ever traveled in my life. And Israel is uh, a big environmental um, and technical environment as well. Yeah, yeah. a lot of people so, don't know that, but they do.
1: Yeah, at that time I was the only girl in my class, but it, you know, it is amazing to be able to meet, you know, other women in the field. Um, one of my mentors, of course, now, um is a woman who also leads, um, an, a social entrepreneur, uh, um, enterprise, sorry, just like mine. Um, but she's into capacity building and so on. So I'm so excited to have met her and she's, she's helping me along the way as well. Mm. Um, but you know, it's, it's just great, you know, it's just great to meet other women who, you know, who are doing so well, who are in the field, who are just as passionate as I am, you know, so, um, it it is a fantastic movement that is happening it is, as you've rightfully said it's only get, going to grow and only going to get bigger um yeah so i am just excited about the future i'm excited about where we can be
0: absolutely, um, absolutely. definitely are you yes. okay there on the other end <laughs> i'm fine, I'm, fine.
1: <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm okay i'm okay i'm safe i'm okay
0: Good. yeah so
1: yeah. um yeah, so it's just it's just a great place to be. It really is, it really is.
0: So where do you see your business going, Sean? Where would you like your business to be in 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 a few years? You said it's you're in year two, as you know. Our community um centers women in pre startup and startup phase of business. So where do you see yourself three, four, five, ten years from now? Where would you like your business to be? Where would you like it to be positioned and and, and what kind of impact do you see yourself having? Now, I don't think your impact will be limited to the Caribbean. I see you doing things globally because that's just the world we live in now, a global world. Yeah. 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 Global economy, so, global businesses.
1: That's right. Um, and we now have what we call the um, green economy.
0: Mm. So
1: we want to, to grow the economy from a green perspective as well too. Um, but to answer the question, I... One of my goals is always, was always. Um, happens as I was telling someone, um, yesterday is that, you know, we all do bits and pieces of environmental education, but I kind of want to be the glue that is, that is where
0: I see. to um to to uh
1: conferences and presentations be the feature speaker you know I just want to be able to make an impact on the ground as well too. Um, so uh that's where I see myself um the next three, five, ten years, still doing this work, still working with um other large companies as well, helping them to make better green choices. Um, you know, and just, just being at the forefront, basically, especially in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, because as I said, I want to do things differently. So, um, I know it's going to take a lot of work, but I know that, um, I'll get there soon. Uh, so it's, that's basically it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what, uh, would you like our listeners to, to know about your business? Uh, In terms of how they can contact you, if they want to work with you, collaborate with you, if they want to support you, how can they reach out to you? What are your details?
1: Okay, great. So I am on social media. So I am on Facebook Mm -hmm. at S-I-E-L Environmental. I am on Instagram at S-I-E-L-T-T. I'm also on LinkedIn
0: Yes, you're as very myself on LinkedIn,
1: yes. <laughs> I'm also I on LinkedIn. There all you the time. Yes, you just have to look for my name. Sure. Um on LinkedIn. Um, but that's so those are my social media. Um my email is Sean, which is my first name, S-I-E-S-I-A, sorry, as an apple and as a no, dot young at sielenvironmental.com. Uh, so you could they can also send me an email as well if they're in Trinidad um or need to reach me via phone. It's 868 mm-hmm. 381 So phone, email, I through my Facebook page, my Instagram page, my LinkedIn. Feel free to send me messages. Um, you know, um, would really appreciate that. Look forward to it. You know, people could like my pages as well. Follow me on Instagram because I share a lot of tips. And I really, one of the ways that I try to reach people as well is through fun activities.
0: Mm-hmm. So I,
1: I give a lot of nice environmental games and quizzes and stuff like that to connect people to the environment, but also in a fun way, Sure. Um, sure. but also teach at the same time. So I do a lot of that on my social media, especially my um, Facebook page as well. Um my Instagram page is, is ready to get people to start thinking about changing their behaviors. So I call it my behavior change movement is on Instagram. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's where I can be reached. Facebook, Instagram, email, cell, phone contact if they need to call me via phone. Feel free to email me, send me messages. You know, I'm pretty responsive. So that's
0: how people can reach me. Great. Great. And Sean, what closing words do you have for us? Because, um, like I just said to you, our community is women, female entrepreneurs, women in the pre-startup and startup phase of business, women operating in the global south. And what we're discussing today—women and sustainability, women and sustainable businesses—I think is is such a big topic. It's very topical globally, but particularly in the global south. So, what closing words do you have? To, to give um, our listeners, those who just want to learn more, those who may want to be like you and start a business or those who are just they're not they're not clear and they don't really understand why this kind of thing is so important i mean you and i i i, I have a, a degree in environmental science so i'm coming from this background and you obviously you have de- degrees in physics and environmental management so we can sp- speak very easily and freely about these things but some people may not mm-hmm. understand the intersection between sustainability and environmentalism and women and all this other stuff so what would you like to uh, to say to them before we depart
1: uh so this is what i'd like so so for those who may be considering getting into the field i think mm-hmm. i may have mentioned this before but let me just say it again mm-hmm. it's not for the faint of heart
0: mm-hmm. follow
1: your passion Do mm-hmm. something that you are passionate about so when the the roadblocks do come and they will come because the journey of entrepreneurship it's it's a squiggly line it's not a straight one <laughs> mm-hmm. you know um so when those days come where you just don't feel like getting out of bed or you don't feel like you You're ready to throw your hands in the air. It's okay. Cry, give up that day, but you jump right back on the wagon the next day and you keep going, right? Do something that you love so that when those days come, it's not going to feel like work. You know that this is something that you are passionate about and you are following your dreams and your passion. Um, One of the other things that uh, I wanted to say as well too, um, for... People as well generally know that every action has an equal and that's a, it's a, it's a, a physics um, rule, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every action has an equal and an opposite reaction Do as a consequence. Right. I would like to encourage you to do so to ensure that that consequence is always a positive one. So understand that your actions do affect others. It does affect the planet in the long run. So start making little steps that you can do to start saving the environment and protecting the planet. Turn the water off when you brush your teeth. Take the lights off in the house when you leave. Hmm. Um, Unplug your cell phone if it's fully charged. Little things like that. Those little things do add up. So you mean, but what I can what can I do? I mean, I don't understand people asking me to do all these big things, but those are the little things that you can start doing. You know, you carrying your reusable water bottle with you instead of a plastic one. Oh, those I are the that. little things. <laughs> that you can start doing. Yes. Right? at me too. I'm looking at mine right in front of me as we're talking. You know, those are the little things that you can do to help make a difference. I'm not asking for for grand gestures in any way. But thing, um, I just want to remind the listeners as well that there are little things that you can do mm-hmm. um, to start making a difference. If you forget what I've said, feel free to reach out to me and I can remind you of some of the things that you can do. Um, and I want to close with a quote that I live by. Mm-hmm. And I want the listeners to think, really think about what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's remember that it's not only about doing things better but sometimes we
0: simply need to do better things. Oh, that's yeah? such a great quote. Thank you so much, Sean. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. You're that's most great. welcome. Thank you Sean very is much. Sean our, our Car- Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for joining. Caribbean, uh, uh, I was going to say Sean is our Caribbean expert on all things sustainability. So we look forward <laughs> to having you back. This is only year two, so we look forward to having you back again when things um, move on a bit more and, and, and seeing where you are and what you're doing and how everything is going. And thank you so much again. And um, that's it. So, lovely bird, thank thanks for joining us. And I will see you on podcast number 25. Bye, Sean. Bye, Joanne.